This is the Unscripted Podcast. All right, we're back, and we're spinning the wheel today again. Well, I figure we need to, since you ain't been around, where you been? We had time to talk about our topics that we never talk about. Yeah, been on a mission. Where you been missioning? Well, we've been down doing a little little disaster relief down in Florida. It's a mess down there. Like, um, how bad was it down there? When- well, we were... I'll put it to you this way. We were 40 miles roughly north of where the of where the eyewall hit. We were in Sarasota and Venice and then a, a place called Inglewood, which is between Tampa Bay and Fort Myers. And there were massive trees down and roofs blown off of houses. And we're 40 miles north of where the eyewall hit. And, and we were on the – most of the time if you're on the east side of the storm, how we view it – the they side. were kind of on the north side, right. whatever. And the so the the surge, storm surge was going out where where we were at. And um, anyways, they were they were the whole time we were there. Like pretty much, people were they were without water, and they were without. I mean, they couldn't flush their toilets, and like the water. So mostly people on well water. Why couldn't they flush it? Because no power? No power, but they had no way to... Um, and I didn't quite understand it either, but something was up with the sewer system. And I think that, that these uh, a lot of these the sewers that come out, they got those... Uh, what peat do you, systems in them? The, the, what you call them? the peat systems that churn it? And yeah, and so, so, so whatever you do, like if you got to take a shower, like all that's just going to go to where you got your stuff, and then it's going to start backing up towards your house. And so I don't, I don't know. These water company guys were running around like chickens with heads cut off all week. Like they were running around with flashing lights on and running here and there. And sometimes I don't know if they were putting some. I don't know what they were doing, but like, I, but so I mean, I, I'm out there at one guy's place, and I'm like, so you, you, "You digging a hole out here?" And he's like, "You gotta have somewhere to put your poop." He's making a latrine. Yeah, and uh, so, anyways, it was just I've been to a lot of those disaster zones, but this one, people were not only without power but they were without water too for a long time so it just it just opened up doors opportunity we were able to cut some trees and give some fuel to people and and ice that's been the latest upgrade we put a i bought one of them um i bought a deep freezer to put in the back of the truck mm-hmm. run that thing on a generator mm-hmm. man you go people are going four days without electricity and, and you're like hey you need some ice. You have ice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we got a sixteen pound bag for you. You know, right. mm-hmm. as many as you want. So, how did you did you buy it somewhere and bring yeah, it? Yeah, we bought it up above um, in Ocala. We stayed a night in Ocala on our way down. And uh, your brother lives in one of them little towns. Doesn't he, he lives in Orlando. Okay, or what? Orange West. I don't know. I've never been to his house. But, but anyway, he lives up around Orlando, and you know, we stayed in Ocala. So it was pretty neat. The uh, I I was you know of course we ended up we weren't going to make it we were going to roll in at like eleven o'clock at night into a place where there's a curfew and I didn't know where I was going no electricity in the town so it's like got that big old trailer got that big old trailer so figure we'll just let's just so we're looking for a, searching for a, a hotel on the way down and uh, found one you know read the little reviews whatever get booked in and. I had to quit. I had to quit going with the mentality, going with the cheapest. 
Because the cheapest ends you up, you know, where bed bugs are. Yeah, right. You, know? you, you also end up with one of them pay by the hour places. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 the patrons that are in those That's places. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Pay, there's a reason why you pay by the hour. So, you know, so I got a little more expensive place, but we were like two blocks up from where the lowest place was at. And and there was no parking in. I couldn't park the trailer. We're rolling in there at 11 o'clock at night, so I couldn't par- park the trailer in the in the hotel parking lot. So they're like, they're like, you can park at IHOP across the street and uh, across the little side street. So I was like, man, this is sketchy. Like we'd already <laughs> saw like three people on walking and two people on bicycles going by. And I'm like, toting two chainsaws. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, the hotel's okay, but I got a generator and all this stuff in the in the back of the truck, and uh, I got it cabled and locked. But still, I mean, that's that stops keep honest, an honest man. Thief, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was so I called the the police department. And the caught her dispatcher, and I said, uh, "So is this a like? Is what's the crime rate? Like, is this a good spot to park?" She got, "Well, I technically can't tell you that, but I wouldn't park my car there." Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I, I'm, Why can't they tell you that? I don't know. She's just. I didn't ask. I was just kind of frustrated at this point. <laughs> I said, "Well, can I talk to a can I talk to a, a shift sergeant? You know, so I can get a special patrol." So I called him up. What's that mean? I, to where they like, okay, I need you to patrol this area particularly tonight. Like, so if you go out of town, you can call the Forest County Sheriff's Office and say, hey, we're going to be out of town for a week. Can you guys stop in and check on our place, you know, here and there? And uh, and so they're just... They'll do that? Huh? They'll do that? Yeah, they'll do that. Huh. Have you uh, ever done that before? Not here. But, I mean, we used to do it all the time. I, I assume Forest County would do that, but... um. Plus, it's good for, like, some of them cops, they're, like, night shift. Like, okay, I can find me a driveway that I can kind of park <laughs> take in. Take a little and, siesta. Yeah, take a little siesta. Uh, mm-hmm. But, so I called up the sergeant, and he's like, look, man, he's like, that's not a good spot to park. He's like, you know, if you got another car in the area, like, you can park at the PD and uh, and then, like, come back and get it. I was like, I have no way of getting it. He's like, i tell you what. He said, uh, I'm heading in. He said, you, uh, he said, meet me at the police department. I'll drive you back down to the hotel. So that was cool, and then he and then at seven o'clock in the morning when he got off work, he uh, he picked me up at the hotel and took me back to go get it. So we got to park beside the the U.S. Marshal Command Center. Uh, they'd had their stuff. So you pretty much should have left the keys in the ignition. Almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had no worries from that point. Right, and yeah. uh, he slept sound. Yeah, and then I got to talk to him a little bit about his faith, and so that ended up working out pretty good, and. Uh, but so, that's handy info to know, though. I would have never thought about those things. I'd yeah. have had like Aiden and Liam and me like running routes. All right, one of y'all, one of y'all sleeping one, on the tow box. Eleven to one, mm-hmm. I'm gonna sleep. One to three, you're gonna sleep. You know, yeah. Sit out here with the ARs, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Chuck Norris style or yeah. something. You know, one in each hand. And the lady at the, the lady at the um, my my biggest problem is I'm a worst case scenario thinker. And and then well, Bob, you were a cop, so you've seen I know, the worst case and, scenario. And so then that's why my wife is such a helicopter mom too, is because I come home and I, Courtney, she can keep a secret. And so I taught I taught her like early on in, in my career, like, look, if I'm gonna share something with you, like you can't share it. So then I'd share stuff with her that didn't matter if it got out, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't share it. So anyway, so she knew a lot of a lot of you know crazy things that went on. Well, if I ever vented to her, like she knew the worst of the worst, so like. She knew all the child death stuff, and so, like, I just made her a bad helicopter mom. Mm-hmm. So, like, anyways, but so I'm a worst-case scenario, and, the, and the, the front clerk girl, she's like, I'll keep an eye on it, you know, when she, when I go out to smoke, you know. Well, <laughs> it's like, man, 
So, so my thing is, is like, so thankful for these Marlboros. <laughs> no, but like, well, that, what was I supposed to watch? I man? saw this. I saw this uh, video where uh, where these you know these self defense things or whatever. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the YouTube channel. This guy he just analyzes videos where somebody had to defend himself or whatever. Oh yeah, I've seen those things. And uh, and so he's like, uh, these people were going to deposit, you know. $45,000 in the bank and they get ripped off, you know. Well, what it was, no, they were going to buy something at a jewelry store for 45000 And so so the bank teller who had gotten the money out called up her boyfriend and said, these people have $45,000 on them. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this store clerk, I'll keep eye on it for you. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, right. So anyways, it worked out for the – Jimmy, come on down. Yeah, it worked out for the best. But it was really good. We were able to, we were able to talk to – we were able to minister to like um to thirty families and cut like forty three trees and gave ice to different people and and then now they I had a um meeting. a cup of cold water. Yeah, that's right. Ain't that what Jesus said? Mm-hmm. There's just something special about a cup of cold water. Yep. And uh it was a blessing. Like I'll show you one couple and I don't want to show everybody or whatever, but uh I'll pull it up on here. Let's see, I need to go to the screen share and then so this one couple right here. So this is the kind of the sheet for uh, this lady. She we just cut a little palm for her, and like she wouldn't let me get off the tractor for I got to hug her. She was like, "The palm trees cut pretty easy." No, hate them. They're palm plants. If you got a palm tree, you need. I mean, if you're gonna charge cut a palm tree, like charge extra. They're horrible. That lady's from New Jersey. Um, so she's doing with them like uh, she's doing with them like. Uh, Snow bunny yeah, they're thing. snowbirds. Whatever. Yeah, snowbirds. I asked her. I said, "Ma'am, can I can I use your restroom? Because we'd cut in her yard and did all this piled up all stuff back there behind the tractor, and and um and then cut a fence off of her um off of her well and uh, like a fence had turned on it. The fence had fell on her well pump. Oh, and so we cut the fence and got it off. But they got of, shallow wells, anyways, don't they? I I don't I didn't ask, but she's like, I'd let you use the restroom, but like it's not working and. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Like, she's like, well, I'm just kind of timing like when I go to restaurants. I mean, that's just kind of like you got you got all this stuff going on in your life, and now you're having a time when you're gonna go to the restroom, and based on when are you gonna go visit the store? You know, yeah, man, that'd be a, and think about the stores. Being a mine, she's like, you know, my brother who's visiting with me, she's like, you know, he's, um, you know, he can go wherever he wants, <laughs> you know? and that's the truth. That's right. a blessing. Right. Help that guy do that with gas. But uh, these two people right here, they were. Uh, they were from Germany. It was her mom's house, and I rolled around the corner. Of course, you can see all this pile of debris in the back, but but there was this pretty good-sized tree that was down, and this guy had a 16-inch chainsaw, and, oh, man. and he did not look like he knew what he was doing. <laughs> he, was, he was running one hand and, like, holding the hand up on the <laughs> – <laughs> oh, Bob, I said, Carson, man. this makes to kill himself. Right, right. So, anyways, we rode up there, and uh, they were from Germany. It's her parents – I guess vacation house or something, and uh, they buy it, a place in Florida. Yeah, but it was like I mean, we were in. All we did is we just picked. I asked the church, "Is like who needs help?" And so wherever church members were, we would go there and then take care of them, and then just branch out. Well, yeah, and then it's like we're we work for their church, you know, mm-hmm. we're with their church, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyways, it was cool, but they were they were kind of neighbors right there, and uh, well, so I got to ask them. I cut. I cut one limb and my saw shut off. I'm like, man, I'm sitting here trying to start my saw, my saw up. 
Well, then they walked back up. I, we'd already agreed to do the stuff. And, uh, so can I use your 16-inch saw? <laughs> can I use no, your 16-inch no, no, no. saw mining? No, they just, uh, we just started a Bible study. Because I was like, you know, so y'all y'all believers in God, he's like, eh. And uh, and then so we were to do some apologetics and stuff. But he. Uh, you know that uh, most of Europe is a post-Christian society. Yeah. So it's a reasonable assumption that, that uh, like uh, most of the groups that I'm in on that I don't really feel with it much, but that I have participated in before and that have uh, a lot of Europeans in it and Australians, anything somebody mentions about God or something like that, mm -hmm. they just trash them. And, yeah. uh, and uh, most of Europe, you know, they just look at it like we look at, like the Cajuns with their witchcraft or something like that, you know. the. Mm -hmm. and so that's the way they view most of that to us. And he was probably just trying to, he's figured like, I'm not going to upset this old boy. Right, right. You know. Well, it ended up. I don't. I don't know what happened. Uh, there was probably more seeds planted with her than than him. Mm -hmm. She was pretty interested in it. Uh, he didn't seem to be too interested, even. Well, maybe he, he, he was the sharpest tack in the shed. If he's up here, like physics would have told you, you don't cut trees like that. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean, but uh, anyways, it was really, it was really good. Um, they were. Uh, they ended up. They were like, huh? You know, kind mm -hmm. of those type things and then and then i've got it i've got most of that study on a gopro because i had it on on my head and that conversation and things and then uh, they ended up admitting in the thing like well yeah that's that's got to be god or whatever but then it's like now let's just let's get this tree taken care of <laughs> kind of so who knows anyway seeds are planted but um so it was a it was a fun trip it was good and and uh anyways that's the the powerful thing is now there's uh we tried to be real diligent this time you know I get in such a hurry but we were you know we were praying really to God for Him to just wherever He wanted us and and whose lives He wanted us to be in and to keep Satan out of it and uh, and it was uh, it was it was really it was really good um, but the the powerful thing now is we we tried to uh, I try to be real diligent about my documentation with everybody and, and taking that extra 10 minutes of and jotting down stuff about them. And uh, I spent a couple of hours yesterday morning compiling all the stuff with their with the local preacher, one of the one of the ministers at the church. And they you were having contact a, information. Is that what you mean? Yeah, all their contact and then kind of the groundwork that was done. And then so now they were having an elders and ministry meeting today about these people. So. Uh, that was really good. What church was that? The uh, South Trail Church of Christ in Sarasota, Florida. And then there's another church that's right there in Venice. Um, and so I didn't get a picture with one guy, but I was talking with Gage yesterday. We had a Bible study in, uh, the first night. And then he, uh, he's, anyways, he's he's like, yep, me and my girlfriend, we, we want to go check out the Venice Church of Christ. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? But, uh all right, so we spinning the wheel? Yeah, let's spin the wheel. All right. All right, what do you got? So the wheel is rigged, I believe, because it spins the same number close by all the time, but I got number 17. Oh, great. All right, here you go, Chris. Here's your question. How do you get rid of the newest preacher in the church? No. Why do babies die? Oh, man. Yep. 
Why do babies die is the question. Man. So, so uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, we hope that you'll uh, look us up, you'll like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Um, and uh, and then also pose a question, but or or uh, leave us a comment. But also, so we asked uh, we asked our church uh, about to submit questions, and they submitted fifty five or so questions for us. And so, um, at times on the podcast, we'll we'll put those questions in. And so that's the question is number seventeen was why why do babies die? So I think this is a two part question, and and maybe we can break this up over two podcasts. But it's mm-hmm. okay. But the first one, I think, is the why, mm-hmm. and then the what happens. You, you understand what I mean? In, in a sense, yeah. So I like, mean, that could, that's kind of a broad brush a little bit. It is, and what I mean by that is, like, when they die, you know, where do they go? Where do they go, what and, happens then, to babies? and then what? How, how do I pick it up? Because that's another thing. How do I pick up my life from yeah, here? Yeah, yep. and so um, maybe, we should, maybe we can address the why this time, and then because – I think it's just Chris that if we end it with the why, then it'll be a very cold ending, mm-hmm. you know, because they need to understand what comes next. But God, you know, you, you've done these but God things before. And I was listening to uh, Steve Higginbotham yesterday, and he was talking about, um, you know, he would, you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Preaches at uh, Carnes. Carnes, right, where the preaching school is in Knoxville. I guess a, the, there's something really ugly in Knoxville. I'm trying to picture what it is in my head, and I just can't. You talking about that orange color that's number six <laughs> in the nation right now that's undefeated? Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, got big orange. That's what it is. And yeah. uh, the, um, But uh, I was listening because he was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And um, and that just got him an even bigger following on his social media. And yeah, what was crazy was like they told him, because uh, I don't keep up with it that much, and mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll just admit that. So I wasn't aware of all this stuff that went on but um the they diagnosed him with cancer and they said like three months yeah i remember that now it's like four years later three years later something yeah yeah well, it's yeah it's something like that mm-hmm. two three he told it on this mm-hmm. thing and uh because there was a, a hospital in knoxville that 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 could perform or maybe one in knoxville some hospital mm-hmm. that he could go to that the guy won this nobel prize for immunotherapy, right? So essentially, they treat it on a genetic level instead of like with a instead of a number eight shot yeah. shotgun, they're shooting yeah, with a sniper. Exactly, they're not chemo or radiation mm-hmm. or something like that. They're using like on the genetic level, they're 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 attacking it, right? Yeah. And I mean, here he is, like bumping along, no problems, you know. Yeah. And um, so it's just a really a, a, a so so I was listening to him talk about the. You know, the first thing that he said when this, when this, when he got his diagnosis was he never, he was like going through like three or four points, like when, when tragedy strikes or something yeah. like that. And it was like, the first question is never ask the why. And he said, and he, and he said, here's a good word study sometime. And I remember you preached about this a while back, or you used this in a sermon. And he said, just study sometimes. And his wife apparently is a good writer. And the uh, I say that like. I don't mean to sound that disrespectful. I've never mm-hmm. read one of the books, but yeah. but um, uh, she's writing a book called "But God," mm. and so she's studying all the "But God" statements in the books in the in the, in Bible. the Bible. Yeah, and um, so he was talking about "But God," and um, you know, yeah, you, you you can't write, you can't speak the why, because he said. One of the things he said is, I never ask God, why is this happening? 
because I'm never going to get that answer. Mm-hmm. And it's not like there's going to be a – you're not God's not going to say, Bob, this happened to you because of this reason. He doesn't do that. No. As a matter of fact, God only talked face-to-face with a very, very – Few people. Very few people. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, count them on your hand. Yeah. I mean, he even told Moses – when, when when Korah, Dathan, and Abiram were trying to rebel against Moses, he said, I talk to Moses differently than everybody else. I talk to him, as it were, face-to-face. Mm-hmm. All the prophets, I speak to them in dreams and visions. You remember Joseph yeah. was dreams. Daniel. You know, Daniel, right. visions and dreams, right? All these things. These are great prophets. But mm-hmm. Moses, he spoke. God spoke to people face-to-face, as it were, yeah. very few times. Right. And yeah, some people just a little side note. Some people get confused. They're like, "Well, well, why did Moses didn't say no one can see my face and they'll die?" So it's not. So I had to. I got to. I have to explain that to kids sometimes. And yeah, it wasn't that God come down and like let's powwow Moses. Yeah, you carve me in for five thirty. Right. You know right. that won't. And it uh, wasn't that he saw his face because yeah. no man could see. You know God's yeah, God glory and live. But he did. He came and spoke to him vocally, like at the yeah. bush. It's right? going. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Right, let's talk. Exactly. The one to FaceTime. Right, yeah. an email, yeah. you know, not email. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and so, but yeah, so God yeah, spoke directly to Moses. Very few wise. Mm-hmm. Very we few get, people. We get very few wise in the Bible. We get no apologies. We get no apologies. There's, there is no single time that the Lord says, I'm sorry this happened to you. Because if he if for him to say sorry would imply that it that it was he, outside his will that he didn't see it coming right yeah. and so why do babies die I think that we need to answer that question and then then the what you know what happens then why why because we won't be able to do it justice if we just end with why yeah and we and, and on this podcast too like we're not trying to uh, man it's like. <laughs> Why do we get this question? You know, yeah, but right. but yeah, this could be a real somber and depressing type question. But you're you're probably if you're somebody in the faith, you're going to get this question from somebody who's a non-believer in God. And so we want to give you some tools and resources for you to be able to to answer that question. And I'll kind of start off with this: is one is Job. Um, Job lost his uh, Job everything. lost his everything, in including about fifteen minutes, including his children, and. Um, and and when those things happened, one thing that Job never knew is he never knew why, but he knew the who. That's right. He knew God. And and with with all these challenges and, and all the, the questioning of his friends and all these different things, it wasn't that he had sinned. It wasn't that, that he had did something to, to cause this. It was just that that God allowed this to happen. And, and, and let's define that. Yeah, it wasn't that God cast a spell and said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen to you." It's the fact that, that or God looked at both scenarios and said, "Let's see what happens with let's this." See what one. happens with this one. In fact, you know, Satan had come to, to God and he's like, you know, and God's like, "Have you considered my servant Job? Like how he walks upright and all these things." And Satan's like, "You put a hedge around him. Mm-hmm. Like anybody will walk with you if you put a hedge around him." And he's like, "Okay, well, well I'm take it. I'm giving you permission, and I'm going to show you what true integrity is, Satan." And uh, you know, God, uh, God has some. He had a lot of faith in Job, and there was a lot of evidence, evidently, in Job's life that that God could see the that he he knew that Job had it in him that he would remain faithful. Babies die, mm-hmm. and 
that's probably one of the most shattering experiences that babies die. I, I can't imagine it. And, um, you know, I've been ministering with, with two different families over the last two weeks, one that lost a husband um, to suicide and, and, and another one two years ago, a mama lost her son to suicide. And and it's a it, it's a challenge, but but one thing about it, just kind of the, to earmark this and Christian for for Christianity is bad things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. That that and I think that's an important principle to understand mm-hmm. is that we forget now. I, so anything that seems cold that we might say in this clinical, what mm-hmm. I mean by that, it doesn't mean because sometimes. We speak matter-of-factly, and it's never meant to imply that there's no emotion behind the statement. But God sends the rain on the just and on the... Unjust. Allows the sun to rise on the good and on the evil. So so what we're saying then is that God's... There are blessings of God that are enjoyed by everyone, Mm -hmm. that are enjoyed by every single part of creation. And it says that he's he's no respecter of persons. And and so, but because of that, you know, there's a a challenge. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is that, let's turn to Romans chapter 5. Yeah, so if you if you, you become a Christian, you, you look at Christianity like, just because you become a Christian, I mean, it, it's explicitly stated that you're going you're gonna to endure hardship. You're going you're gonna to go through suffering. And so good Christians, good Christians get cancer. Good Christians lose children. Good Christians lose their job. Good people, you know, bad things can happen. Romans chapter 5. Yep, so Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Go ahead. There's a there's a gem in here. I love diamonds. Our, our Calvinist friends would try to use this verse to justify that inherited sin. Mm-hmm. And, and we've done a series of podcasts. The Tulip, yeah, check yeah, us out. Yeah, the Tulip series. So if you have any questions about that, just go back and search your YouTube or Facebook, whatever, for the Tulip series. But Romans 5 and verse 12, there's something that happens here. You know, we, we recount the garden story, and we remember that Adam and Eve sinning in the garden. God mm-hmm. banishes them in the garden. God tells Adam that that through the the sweat of your brow, you're going to work, right? So God set Adam in Genesis 2 in the garden to tend and keep. He was mm-hmm. always going to have to work. Always going to have to work. But it was going to be a perfect day of work, whatever yeah. that meant. I don't Man, know. just like this weather's been. Dude, I'm telling you. Getting Finally, up walking could, in the morning at, five, at you know, 50 degrees. Yeah, riding my Harley, not like I'm yeah. riding in the oven with mm-hmm. the bed bugs. I mean, uh, what do you call them? Love bugs. Love bugs, and my, digging them out of my teeth and beard, mm-hmm. right? But but the, the love bugs are a prime example of what happened when we left the garden. Right. Because then you have the, the, the challenges of the world enter in. What, what I mean by that is that, read Romans 5 and verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Because of sin entering the world, all men would die mm-hmm. because they no longer had access to the, to the tree that was of life, of, of life. Mm-hmm. they no longer so so what had to happen then was death and disease would spread through mankind yeah and, the and, same, scripture, and scripture tells us that that tree of life that was in the garden you know it, god's talking to himself and and you know I would, that's jesus in the spirit and he's talking to him he's saying hey we need to we need to get man out of the garden lest he lest he reach out his hand after he'd sinned 
and take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. That's right. And that tree of life we see uh, in Revelation that it's it's in heaven. It's, it's in heaven, right. And so today, you know, that that's where ultimately eternal life is. So, yeah, death entered the world because of sin and because everybody, because, because mankind has sinned, there is something in our genetics. Yeah, we've been genetically polluted. Right. So what I mean by that is that, as time goes on, we could we could have a whole series on apologetics and and mm-hmm. the, you know and we will sometimes the probably. flood mm-hmm. and 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 the transform genetic transformations of man mankind. But just just for a nutshell, just because why do babies die? Mm-hmm. We'll just say this and we'll cover this at another point. That'll be a, you know tune in and and keep up with us. But but because we're gonna make this statement, and we'll support it later. But because sin entered into the world, it's literally changed the landscape of the way humanity lived, breathed, and died. And so because of that, yeah, nobody gets an expiration date when they're born. Nobody gets a date that they're going to live until. Mm-hmm. Everybody just gets that they're going to be an end. Mm-hmm. You know, Job said it. Paul said it. Naked, I came into this world, and naked, I, li- I mean, I came into this world with nothing, and I'm leaving this world with nothing. So everybody's going to come with nothing, and they're going to leave with nothing. Right. And so back to our question, why do babies die? Well, babies don't die. Nobody really dies. And we'll, we'll cover that with the what, okay? So I want to give you hope. We want you to have hope in knowing that, that babies really don't die. They just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But why does tragedy we paint the one the question that's asked. Why do babies die? They're talking about the tragedy associated with it because this is a tragic thing. Yeah, and that's and that's the uh, and we don't want to be. This is kind of one of them moments where, uh, you know, we don't want to be cold or seem to be cold because yes, we understand that loss. I mean, we we've cried that's for these right. people absolutely and many and, a tears. Yeah, and it's a it's a big struggle. But for the unbeliever in God, babies do die. For for the believer, the the one who has hope in their identity in Christ, we have a true anchor in Christ, which is which is true hope, living hope, and um, and so, so, so we have there, there's life after this, and so we understand that that now that those those babies, even the even the aborted babies, they're they're with they're with the Lord. So so the question really maybe is not why do babies die. Because babies die because they're human. Mm-hmm. That's the clinical answer. Babies die because they're human. All humans die. But the question is, really, I feel like people asking, why does God allow tragedy in our lives? Isn't that really the question yeah, they're asking? Right. Mm-hmm. Because when we think about a baby dying, we think like you, like we had a funeral for um, a member that was, what, 95 or whatever, yeah. not years old, okay? And there was a lot of people there, right? But you have a a sixteen year old kid that dies. Oh man! I mean, the church would be. Pa- I've been to funerals before that they. This was the first time I ever went to a funeral where we had to go into the basement. Yeah. Was when a teenager died. You know, this was the first one they set they up. Pack a, them on the walls. A video, the old yeah. big fat. You know, because the tragedy associated with it, right? So we go back to this question: Why do men die? Why do babies die? Why does really the question is why does God allow it? And why does God allow tragedy? Well, do you think when people say things like, I've heard preachers, you know, I heard Don Blackwell talking about one time after he had his accident, mm-hmm. and he said that people, when he was talking about how to deal with tragedy, when people 
or trying to help. And he said, I had many people come to me and say, oh, like, it's just God's will. It's just God's will. No. It was never, if it was God's will that I would have broke my back in a four-wheeler accident, then none of us would have ever walked. None of us would have ever walked because God is no respecter of persons. Right. So, so it wasn't God's will. It was, it was that we live in a fallen world, right? And so what we go back to this question is then this. It's like in John 9. You know, let's turn to, can we look at John 9? Yeah. John 9, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi. Who sinned? Who sinned? This man? Or his parents. Or his parents. So he would have had to sin, literally, this man was born blind from birth. So he had to mm-hmm. sin in the womb some kind of way. <laughs> Or, or what's in, the reason? In, you know, <laughs> How does somebody draw some logic from that? Yeah, right? Or at some point in development, right? Yeah, right. You know, I don't know when he was. What at what point his yeah. uh, his eyes? I don't know what point did a baby kicking their mama or making them have heartburn or yeah, making no, a it's not, it's not seeing right. right? Yeah, exactly. And so Jesus answers that neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And. I must work the work of him who sent me while it's day. The night's coming when no man will work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. So so just just break down a couple things we got here, right? Neither this man sinned nor his parents sinned. No, nobody did anything wrong here. Right. This guy was just born that way. We have genetic mutations about us, right? We have these genetic things that, that Jesus was probably born shorter than all of us. You know, he was the, the all the people from that region at that time. We just weren't very tall people. Except Ben. <laughs> Not the same thing. <laughs> and so, so the um, the <laughs> but Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. The works of God. There's a there's the, you can look at this as this man was cursed by God, mm-hmm. or you can look at this and see. That God can be glorified in this situation. Yeah, that's the that's the the main thing. Ephesians two verse ten says, "We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works." And in in Romans one and verse twenty, talks about how that that we're without excuse, being understood by the things that are made. Like His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So we all look at tragedy and and we go, "Well, how is this or why is this?" It's not God's will that it's not God's will that that somebody has a chainsaw accident, all yeah. right. And, but and, they and, had their free will to pick up that chainsaw or, or leave it there, or to get training with it, get experience with it, learn something from it, or whatever. And, and I'm gonna tell you, baby, is a subjective term. Yes, because I had a member of our congregation who said, "My baby boy just died. It shouldn't be fair that that a, a parent should bury their baby. His son was 72." years old yeah you understand what i'm saying right right. he was burying his son his baby boy mm-hmm. who was i it's it's who not fair years old, that right. i'm burying my baby who yeah. is 72 right so so this idea of of why do babies die it's a subject why does god allow tragedy it's not that god allows tragedy it's that we're human now and there are things that happen to us as human. Now, I know, like I said, that's going to sound clinical right. and cold. It sounds clinically cold. But but here's a, here's a, this whenever I roll into a congregation with a disaster relief, and and I and have a conversation with them, it's it's real foreign to people. But what they don't understand is that yes, this is this is I guess quote unquote tragic 
that in, now in, we've gone from a first world standard to in the physical kind of a, sense in the physical sense to a third world standard because not everybody has electricity right now mm-hmm. or running water in their home. But what you have is you have an, an opportunity, and that's what Jesus is talking about. But that the works of God should be revealed in Him. Do you think it's tragic that that those people's homes that the dude is digging a hole to poop in? Man, it's been years. I mean, like it's been years since I dug a hole to poop in. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and if I had to go back to digging a hole to poop in, I mean, we would do it. I know how to do it. Yeah. But that'd be some kind of tragedy that would have to befall us for that to happen. Right. But we look at this, and and you know, I know we can't compare digging a latrine to losing a baby. Right. I, I read a story of what happened down there. You know, once you because I didn't know you were going to. You sent me that message when mm-hmm. we were having our financial thing. Right. And. So I was looking up, like, what was the damage level and stuff like that. And, and uh, Chip and I were looking. It was like 70-some people died in this thing. Yeah. Uh, last count, I saw maybe more than that. But let me tell you a story about one thing that happened down there. There was a family from New Jersey that had came down. You may have even seen this story. It was on Fox News. They came down. The hurricane starts blowing over top of them. They get a bed sheet, tie themselves together. In this bed sheet, you understand? It's like four mm-hmm. or five of them tied together with the bed sheet because they're scared it's going to suck them out of it. They watched it peel the roof off, right? They tie themselves together. They're levitating in the bed. You understand? Mm-hmm. It drives a nail over the housetop then into this lady's, fem- what's the artery right here called? Femoral? Femor- femoral yeah, femoral, whatever she, her artery, yeah. The one that right near your heart, mm-hmm. it drives, they're lashed together. It drives a nail into her heart. She's spraying blood on the people that she's lashed to. I mean, she's seconds away from dying at this point. You understand? I mean, like, there's yeah. no saving that, you know? She dies lashed to those people together. You may look at that and you think, what a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And what a tragedy that is for that situation. And, man, how do you how do you look at this and say that was God's will for a nail to come over the rooftop, stab you in the – I mean, it's like a, a, a scary movie type thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that never was God's will. It was never God's will for man to suffer or die, period. It's because of sin has entered the world. Is why. So you can, when people are asking the question, why do babies die? Why would God allow it? It's not God's fault. It's Satan's fault. Mm-hmm. You should really see who your enemy is. Hate your enemy. Hate the one that caused it. He's the one that... that hung the carrot out there for Adam and Eve, and he's the one that's hung, the, and we want to blame them and say, you. he's hung the carrot. You've done it too. Yeah. He had a perfect batting We've record. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It was until Jesus and he had a perfect batting record, and he's had one since. So he's batting like point nine 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 you know, on yeah. down the list, right? But it's it's not God's will. It's Satan's will. You know, see, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, The devil is a roaring lion walking about, Seeking he who he can devour. Yeah, the the John ten ten. We're right here. If you got your page up, and the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's Satan's thing. Yeah. Jesus, I have come. They may have life. They may have it more abundantly. Well, you're gonna have a, You can have an abundant life on this earth. You can have a very productive life. But the abundant life, ultimately, he's talking about is life beyond this fallen world of sin. Yep. He's talking about this life that, that's eternal, that's forever. That, that Here we're on this test, and this is a fallen world that, that we're in. This is a sin-sick world. This is a world that's – that's that that ultimately, um, that German, when I was talking with him about things, I said, ultimately our problem – he was real interested. I said, ultimately our problem is, is sin. And that's when, that's when things started 
That's that, when the study started going way downhill. Yeah, that's when we got to go back to cutting trees. That's right, and uh, and and that's the that's the hard thing for people to grasp. So I, I, I want to make an analogy with this. Then you think about this scenario when in John eleven, right? John nine, Jesus. They ask him, "Why was this man born blind? Why why did this happen to him?" I, I want to look at. Two things, and I want to come back to John 11, okay? Let's look at Luke 17. I muted the speakers on the computer. That won't affect anything. I don't know. I mean, is, is the road still, thing still yep, bumping yep. up? Yeah, we should be good. All right. And, and All right, where are you going? And Luke 7, I mean, uh, 13. Luke 13? Yeah, there's another scenario that plays out. Like oh, this. yeah. Jesus said, hey, they, the, the Tower of Siloam that fell on, were they worse sinners than anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, look at Luke 13, verse number one. There were present at the season some who told him about Galileans who blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered or allowed such things? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Or those on whom the tower and Siloam fell and killed, do you think they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. So the the guys that the Jews hated because they had... Mm-hmm. Offered a polluted sacrifice. Right. They despised them. Do you think they're any worse than the guys in, that the tower fell on? You know that everybody, when the tower fell on those guys in Siloam, they're like, what a tragedy. Yeah, they and everybody, it's like they, they all knew that story. Jesus would tell them something that was relevant. Yes. The, the people who died in the hurricane, were they worse sinners than anybody else? That's right. No. The people who died on 9-11, were right. they worse sinners than anybody else? No. The, the, no, absolutely not. What he's trying to get them to see is that that we've all got the same problem. The the problem is not what you see. Like I show up and my I got briars in my face. Why do you got briars in your face for? Because thorns are stuck in it. No, you got briars in your face because you were in the bushes. Yeah, you went through the briar bushes. You were in the wrong spot. That's why you got briars in your face. So you go back to this scenario in John 11. Okay, so John 11, you have this thing that happens. Jesus uh, needs to teach a very powerful lesson. And this will be the one that kind of sends him to the cross, essentially. So in John 11, I'm just going to pick up, I'm just going to hit a few high points on some verses here. Sure. Okay, just to, just to make mm-hmm. my scenario. Uh, John 11, let's see here, verse 3. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, who you love is sick. When Jesus heard about his sickness, when Jesus heard that he said, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. So, verse 7, Jesus said to his disciple, let's go to Judea again. The disciple said, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you're going to there again? Purpose, right? They're trying to say, why are you doing this, Jesus? Well, I got a reason why I got to do that. Mm-hmm. Same thing in verse number 9. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, same thing he said over here in John 9. I got my must work the works of the Father while it's day. You you got to work while the sun's you got to make hay while the sun shines. We got to go do this thing. Now, these th- verse 11, these things he said after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Lord, verse 12, if he sleeps, he'll get well. <laughs> Jesus spoke about his death. They thought he was speaking about him taking rest. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> Lazarus is dead. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Now, Jesus goes there. Jesus has this powwow with Martha at first. So he gets there. Martha comes running to him. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. 
What, and, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, he'll give you. Your brother will rise again, Martha. I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You, we got to ask ourselves this question. And that's what Jesus said. Do you believe this? Do, we've got to ask ourselves this question and answer it. Do you really believe this? That Lazarus will never die. He tells her he will not die. Though he looks dead to you, he's not dead. And those are that's a pinnacle point for everybody. Absolutely. If you don't if you don't believe this, then then let's let's go study the things that will that will help your unbelief. That's right. And if you do believe this, then then we have then everything has to change in the Christian. But every, the way that we respond to everything, it all it all changes. Your life will change. Your yep. vacations will change. Where you spend your money will change. How you live your life, the way you raise your children, what you do is all going to change. Now look, now look what happens. Yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of the God who came into the world. And, and follow this line of thinking. When he had said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher is come is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she quickly arose. Then Jesus has this conversation with her, with Mary now. Then Mary came where Jesus was. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Same thing, right? Martha tells Mary, you need to go talk to Jesus. There's something going on. Lord, if my brother, if you weren't here, my brother would have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Why was Jesus troubled for? What troubled him? He said, Why have you, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Jesus didn't weep because Lazarus was dead. He'd already no. told them they were dead. He wept because they just didn't understand. Mm -hmm. He wept because they just didn't understand. And more importantly, he wanted them to understand this is the most powerful thing that we can understand. I, I love that babies really don't die. I can make that statement plainly and boldly because Jesus said it right here. Babies don't die. Tragedy happens, but babies do not and, die. And don't don't turn this podcast off yet. We're that's we're saying that out of, out of compassion. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And and it's because of this thing. And is and, and if that sounds clinical or cold, I don't mean it to sound that way. I say it with the most compassionate way. If you have a baby that's gone, it never died. It never died. And here's why. Let me show you this. We want you to have hope from it. And Jesus, let's see here. Verse thirty nine. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he's been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? He asked her, do, do you believe it? I told you, if you believe it, you'll see the glory of God. Then he took away the stone from where the dead man was laying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know you always hear me. Because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who died came out bound, head and foot, grave clothes, and, Jesus, his, face was wrapped, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Bob, I want you to understand how, important, how much Mary understood this question now. She watched her brother. She said, Lord, if you'd have been here, he would have never died. And he said, Mary, I'm going to show you the glory of God. This doesn't happen often, but I've got to make a point, and I'm going to use Lazarus to do it. Mary got this point so much, Bob, that I believe, I believe that's why John 12, you see her break her alabaster flask and anoint Jesus' head because her body then meant nothing to her anymore. Her life meant nothing to her anymore because the grave 
they had Lazarus's grave dug. It's not mm-hmm. like they can hone out a spot in the rock. They had the spot they were going to put him in. I, I grew up my whole life, my whole life, Bob, getting off the bus beside the spot I'm going to be buried at. When I became a Christian and I went to my first funeral for a Christian, I understood something profound then that I never thought about before, that my tomb, my grave that I walk beside every day will just hold my body. Amen. The reason why Satan wants you to sin in your flesh is because that's the only thing you're not going to carry with you. And that's the only thing he can catch you against here. When Mary watched uh, Lazarus walk out of the grave, that flask that she was been saving, so people could come see her when she was stinking dead, so she could put it on herself, so people could come see her her dead body. Dead body, yeah. They wouldn't need that anymore. I'll, I'll never need that again now because my body is nothing to me. I watched Lazarus walk out of the grave. See, see, tragedy. And I'm sorry for the tragedy, and it, and it brings tears to my eyes to talk about it. I'm sorry for the tragedy. I've held people who, who've got the report of cancer for themselves or for their babies. And and I've held them, and I've prayed with them, and I've prayed to God to, to take it away. Because I really, the reason why I pray those things is because I don't want the tragedy in their lives. Because I'm so scared. Yeah, that they'll their walk faith away from way. the Lord. Yeah, it'll make their faith waver. And, and I don't ever want to see that happen. And that's why I don't want tragedy in people's lives. But we've got to be the kind of people that can say, and it's hard, buddy. It is hard. But once Mary watched Lazarus walk out of the grave, a whole lot of questions become a whole lot clearer for her then. How I'm going to live my life, what I'm going to do. If we really believe that, that babies don't die, it's going to change the way we live our lives. There's there's two verses here that are powerful that you brought up. And um I had a cancer patient. You know, it's it's pretty you know, both of us it's pretty neat. Both of us both had had uh had preached on John eleven, you know, in the last I don't know, eight eight weeks or so and but this uh the fact that John eleven verse four, when Jesus heard that he said, This sickness is not unto death, but that but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. John John 9, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And the glory of God, God, God can take the worst tragedy that we see and he can turn it into glory. You, you, if you don't believe that, look at the cross. It, it, was, it was shame. I mean, what, every, everybody today looks at the, at the cross as as being something that's they look they see the glory in it they see the power in it but it was that old rugged horrible pain death i mean it was it was the death place it was it was the shame place and the romans you know they would come in and take over a, a country and they'd say you can either pay taxes we just defeated your army and you can you can pay taxes and live under rome's protection or you can rebel and we'll strip you down naked and we'll we'll hang you we'll make a, a public spectacle of you outside the city. And and so what's your choice? So God, he took the most he took something that was meant for evil. Excruciating, Bob. You know where we get the word from? The word excruciating. When you say excruciating, you know what you mean by that? When something's excruciating, that means it's the worst that I can think of, right? It's a word that I use to talk about the worst thing. It's the same word that we get from it's a Latin word that means out of the cross, ex cruise. Wow, I didn't know that. 
out of the cross, the worst thing, excruciating. Meant for evil, used for good. And, and that's – so whatever situation that you're in today, just know that Jesus said from, from someone who was blind, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the works of God should be revealed in him. And, and you can you can see what why do we get old? I mean this I always try to tell older people in, in the sermons like every time they walk through those doors, you're telling me how important it is to you. When you're in excruciating pain and you're coming to be with the Lord's people, you, you tell you're telling you're preaching a sermon that can never be told through through words and never never validated. But you're validating those things with your life. When you're blind and you're still seeking God, when you lose a child and you're still you're still holding on to your faith, like you're you're preaching sermons to people that that it's just outside the norm, and those are powerful, powerful things. And so when you get cancer, and, and this is something after I preached that sermon of John eleven, that this verse right here, verse four, this sickness is not on the death, but for the glory of God. How can how can the glory of God be be utilizing this? And that cancer patient, they told me, thanks for the reminder, because. How how can how can I use my cancer to bring other people closer to God, and and so why did why do these tragedies happen? So I want to read a verse, and then we can close with the verse. How about that? Is that okay? Yeah. So Solomon in his in his study of of indulgences, you know, he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, and verse number eleven, it says, "I returned." I done spent all my time. I've done done it all. I've lived the life of indulgence, and I've saw. I returned and saw under the sun. Well, the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the men of understanding. But time and chance happen to them all. For man also does not know this his time. Like a fish caught in a cruel net. We look at the net and we think, I get to eat. The fish looks at that net completely different than we do. The bird caught in a snare. I sure do like eating birds. That bird in the snare says, I'm in the worst possible situation I can be in. So the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls upon them suddenly. So you see that that the fish, well, it's feeding us. But to him, it's, it's a mess that he's in. But we, we can look at our lives in that way. That you see, babies, it's a tragedy. It's an absolute tragic situation and an emotional turmoil that it causes the family. But we can see the, the glory of God in it if we really want to. So next time we'll talk about the what, because that's that's where the hope is at. Where's the what for the baby for the for the tragedy that comes? This is the unscripted podcast. <laughs>